again this evening. I know that it has been weary for you to come out, but God bless you for doing so. There's been several that have been traveling for some time over the weekend, and you've made it back, and it's good to see your faces again. And it's uh, good to be together with you. I'm kind of uh, growing, or you're growing on to me a little bit, and being here, seeing your faces and your zeal, your desire. And I'm grateful to uh, be a part of this campaign. It's uh, because of the Lord Jesus Christ is here. It is not of ourselves who do not preach ourselves, but that of Jesus Christ and the power is from within Him and not ourselves. And so this evening, I'm grateful to be here and I trust that we have a testimony for the Lord and we could just completely exhaust the whole evening with testimonies. I trust that we can because the Bible does say that we are to testify with our mouth the words of God, what He has done for us. And so I'm going to, want to give that opportunity for you, to you in a moment here. We are grateful that God has seen good to come and visit individuals in this assembly. You know, you may not be here, the persons that have responded in the nights past, but God knows who you are. You may not even be here. Maybe you responded and never came forward, and that's okay. And I trust that you will have a testimony for the Lord this evening. The thing of it is that I see that lives that are being lived we are to live our lives. That's why God created us to bring glory to Him. He wanted a relationship. He can make it without us, but He wants us to serve Him. He desires that, not just to obey Him, but there is an element that is greater and bigger than to obey God, and that is to please God. We can, we can obey God without pleasing Him. I don't know if you understand what I mean by that. But there is an element that we often hear that we are to obey and be submissive. And those are good statements. But my friends tonight, unless we repent and we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through the shed blood and the atonement of Jesus Christ, we cannot please Him. We can do everything that we would desire, but we cannot please Him. Tonight, you know, when we read that verse there in Philippians chapter 2 about working out our own salvation in fear and trembling, you know, the thing of it is, the work on the cross, it is finished. But the Bible says, my friends, that that's when the work's going to start, when we repent and we need to work out our own salvation of fear and trembling. My friends, I'm grateful tonight that we don't have to live lives that the world is eating on us and they're having our lunch. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse 25, it says that He will restore the years the locusts have eaten. And I don't know how many of you have allowed the devil to have foothold in your life. And I know that I have in my life and I... Am ever remorseful for that, my friends. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, it says that we are to redeem the time because the days are evil. We are to redeem, we are to buy back. And you know, there is God is there ready for us when we're ready tonight. And I'm grateful for that. You know, the, the battle is, my friends, is raging. The battle is raging. Even though the work of the cross is finished, the war, the war has been won, but the battle is raging. And it will be until he comes through the clouds. You believe he's going to come through the clouds? What about that song we sing sometimes? On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise. I don't know why I think about that. Is that scriptural? Hmm. Let's not get into eschatology. Uh, I do believe that as you've seen him go, in like manner he will return. In Acts chapter 1, he talks about he went through the clouds. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, 14 to 16, he says he's coming back through the clouds. You believe that? He's coming through the clouds. I believe that. We like to sing that bright and cloudless morning. 
You know, there's mornings we go outside after a beautiful rain. I went out this afternoon after rain. I looked out, and the sky was blue, and I thought, oh, how beautiful it would be if Jesus would come back. But I got to thinking, you know, he's coming through the clouds, brother. Let's not forget that. Anyway, I'd like to open it up just now for those that have uh, a testimony in your heart. And don't, you don't all have to come forward at once. You don't even have to come forward. You can stand where you're at, or you can come up here and share uh, behind the pulpit here if you'd like to. Uh, that would be great. Brother? That's a big step for a young man. I know. Huh? The last three weeks, God is merciful to me and faithful in my situations. But praise God. He's faithful. And one of situations that I was in in, involved with is um there was a situation on a eighty one and And a man or a, a angel, it could be man or an angel, and he helped us with that situation. And I would say, praise God for that situation. And that situation reminds me of a verse in Psalms 9-1. 11 says, For he shall give his angels Charge charge over thee to keep thee in all the ways. And I'm thankful for thou safely. And I praise God for his mercy that is for us. God bless you, the ones 
that are coming across remember the eternal life and death is a very long time. Do you want life or death? My challenge for you. Thank you, brother. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, Amen. Uh, he's coming back soon and very soon. He can come back before we before this meeting's over. Right. And when he comes, he's going to be coming, bringing his reward with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I praise God and love him. Y'all pray for me, and I'll pray for you all. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Anyone else? You don't have to come up here if you don't want to. You can stand right where you're at. That'd be fine. Is there anyone else? Like to share? Hi, how are you all? Um, so recently, um, I was not brought up, brought up in a Christian home. My grandma, she would teach me about God, but I never really knew what it was to live a life off of God. So, um, in ninth grade, sorry. In ninth grade, I um, accepted Jesus, and since then, it's been a rocky road. Um, but recently, I was asking God to help me to give my full life to Him. And as I asked Him that, I asked Him to remove everything that separated me from God. So, um, as I asked God that, he brought me my boyfriend and he showed me that we need to live a life that fully glorifies God. So living here um, in America, we use things like cars, which are not good for um, God's creation. And God says that he gives us everything that we need. So, um, when I started to realize this, I'm thinking, well, you know, God gives us nature. The native people lived in the nature. And of course, we can still build a home and have shelter, but we should live a life that fully glorifies God because he's coming to us um, when he comes back or, you know, when it's our time to go. He expects us to have pleased him and to 
prepared ourselves through our entire life um, to be a holy sacrifice to him and to be without sin and without spot and not to be conformed to the world. So in order to live a full life in God and how the Bible tells us to live, I decided that moving to the nature and away from the government and allowing God to reign over my life completely is how I can serve him truly. So I've decided that um, I'm going to eventually move overseas um, on an island and just live in the nature so I can serve God completely and not be around distractions or other worldly things. Um, and God tells us that, you know, our family is the most important focus in our life. So of course we can still, um, that is our number one important thing. You know, when a husband leaves his father and mother, that's when he joins his wife and they begin their family. So just a little message is, you know, putting yourself in the right environment. And my testimony to you is that I was not brought up by God, but if you seek God with your entire heart and you listen to everything that he says, he will show you what he needs to show you. Thank you. May God take you and uh, lead you and uh, continue to grow in the knowledge and the saving power of Jesus Christ. And uh, he takes us where we're at. And uh, as long as he knows that we uh, want to do what's right and we follow him, I believe he can bless us. So is there anyone else? You can just stand to your feet if you'd like to, right where you're at. That would be fine. <clears throat> Yes, I got to teach a couple Bible school nights up in Strasburg, and, and the time was coming up, and I wasn't ready, and I wasn't getting ready, and um, I didn't feel like getting ready, and uh, I stopped at a, a, a guy's mechanic shop, and um, we had had some talk before, and I knew, so I asked him, I said, brother, would you pray for me, because I got a job to do. And I'm not ready to do it, and I'm not sure how to get ready. And, and he did. And, uh, and, you know, God used that prayer, and I began to feel better, and I began, and, and God put it together. And I'd just like to thank him for that. Praise the Lord. It can even happen out behind the barn, behind the hay bale, on your knees. That's where God gets you ready. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for faithful prayers. Anyone else? Okay, I won't tarry long here this evening, but I am just had to think this evening of the battles that have been uh, uh, the, the the battles that have been won. Now we give glory to God for that. If there's any glory or virtue, think on these things and praise God for. It's not that we have the answers, but God does here in the Word. And I'm grateful this evening that we can experience a bit of what goes on in heaven. We, don't, we cannot experience what happened in heaven, but we are here as in heavenly places, sitting here together. And what I see is in my eyes of faith tonight, for those that have had victories, that there is rejoicing in heaven tonight. I do believe that. When, those, when, there, are, when there are certain situations that you are battling with, and there's breakthroughs, and there's a peace about it. Not that you won the war, but it's because of who is on the throne and who has mastered you. 
And my friends, this evening, I believe there's more rejoicing in having a one sinner that repenteth than the 99 that are in the fold. And I trust this evening that we would have a heart and we would have a burden for those that are lost. Tonight, if you have made a commitment for Jesus Christ this week, you're going to be on fire for the Lord. And you're going to be wanting to go out and you're going to share with the others that you know of that do not know the Lord. My friends, we've got the remedy. We've got the antidote for sin. It's not us, but it's the Word of God. And I'd like to share this evening just a bit about the Word. You can turn your Bibles to John chapter 1. I'd like to read John chapter 1. It's a very beautiful portion of Scripture. In John chapter 1 here. This is the same John we believe, I believe, that wrote the epistles. It also was on the island Patmos. It's going to be about the Word this evening. The Word of God. The Bible says in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word. And it says the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. It says the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. Without Him not anything was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life, it says, was the light of men. We heard about that already this evening. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh to the world. It says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, his own received him not. But this is a verse that I would like for us to drive home this evening. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, it says, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And it says in verse 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. It says, The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Tonight I'm thankful that we have one that there is, we have a book. We have a book here tonight, my friends. It is the only book that I know of that is spirit. It is the word of God and it is light and it is life. There is life in this book. I remember I went to a meeting here some time ago and for some reason I was, my mind was kind of disturbed about a few things going on and I left my Bible at home. And I, as soon as I got to the place I was going to, I called my son and said, would you bring my Bible? I forgot my Bible. He said he would. And so he gathered my Bible up and came, and he handed it to me there at the place. He said, Dad, I don't know as I've ever felt a book or a Bible that there was a power coming out of it like I felt coming out of that red book of yours. And that is something, my friends, it is a powerful book. The Bible is the Word of God. Do we believe that tonight? The Word of God. If the Bible doesn't, if we don't believe what the Word said, then what does it say? The Word of God. Do we really believe it? We can say that we're Christians and we can say that we're church members, but if we do not follow the words of the Lord, my friends, then it is all hypocrisy. It is a farce. It is something that we're fooling ourselves. Tonight, the Word of God is very, very powerful. And I trust this evening that we have understood what it means to read the word versus perhaps the table of stone. I would like to share tonight that Jesus Christ, when he came into the world, he came not 
to abolish the law or to put it away. There's a lot of people that think that we're in the time of grace and there's no need for law. There's a lot of civic laws that stand. The ceremonial laws are put down at the foot of the, when the, Jesus Christ was crucified. We understand that. But the law, there's a lot of law that we know, civic laws that were given that are good for the sustaining of humanity. And we still have that today. And you know what? We can follow a rigid skeleton type of a law, so to speak, of rules and regulations, my friend, but it's not going to give life. I do believe in the Old Testament that Abraham's righteousness was because of his obedience. The Bible would, would tell us that. But I believe that through God coming in contrary, his son Jesus Christ coming, and he, the word became flesh. And when that word becomes flesh, my friends, that's what gives it power and validity. And we don't dare, we don't dare to desecrate it. My friends, there's people that add to the Bible and they take away. The Bible gives the remedy of those people. It gives what happens to those people in Revelation chapter 22. It'll tell us what will happen to them people. We dare to add to the Bible or take away from the Bible. It is very important. There are some substantiating scriptures I would like to read. In 1 John chapter 5, I'd like to read a scripture. You're all familiar with that scripture, I do know. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, it says there, For there are three that bear record in heaven. It is the Father. And when we talk about the Trinity, we often think about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Here it talks about the Father. There are three which bear record in heaven. It is the Father. And it says it is the Word. It is the Word and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. When I think about these three are one, my friends, it is, it is a beautiful picture of the headship of the Trinity. You know, we think of the headship of the Trinity. Well, who's ahead of who? My friends, I believe that the Holy Spirit only confirms the thing that he's told. I don't believe that he is a puppet necessarily. He is one that is obedient. He's in his role. He's doing what he was called to do. And Jesus Christ, my friends, he was also the one that said that he only speaks the thing that his father tells him to speak. He is the word. Jesus Christ, I believe we're going to, when we come up before the judgment bar of God, we're going to be judged, my friends, by the Word. We are going to be judged by what we know, the living Word, the Word of God. And the books are going to be open, my friends. And you know what, my friends, I believe that's going to be a very sobering time. If you haven't, if you haven't called upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says that that's going to be a great and terrible day. Why? Because, you know, a lot of people, we have this glib statement, I just love to see Jesus coming, and I do, my friends. But when it comes to the time of the resurrection, when it comes to the time when we are going to stand before the Rechta, before the one that is the righteous judge, my friends, the books are going to be open. And then it says in Revelation, another book's going to be open. And out of that book's going to be read what we have done, my friends, and a lot of people think, that it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it says that we are saved by grace through faith. And that is exactly what we're saved by. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't by grace, we could not be saved. Then it's through faith, my friend. Without faith, no man's going to see God. But let me tell you, my friends, in that concept, we have a generation that is growing up around us that says the only thing that matters is a heart. My friends, let me tell you that the heart does matter. But it is something, if the heart is right, it's going to show on the outside. My dear brothers and sisters, if you proclaim the name of Jesus Christ and you want to serve him with the utmost of your abilities, the thing 
the very fragrance, the Spirit of Christ, if you may say, is going to be shown on your outward. It's going to be shown on the outward. We live by faith, my friends, but the Bible says in Revelation that we're going to be what? Judged by our faith? No, he, we're going to be judged by our works, Brother Claire. He says yes. Everybody say yes. That's the way it is, my friends. If we live by faith, but we're going to be judged by our works. All works don't matter. They're not going to get us to heaven. No, they won't, but they sure follow faith. I hear it over and over. It doesn't matter what people think. Yeah, they can't see my heart. I'm living for the Lord. My heart's all that matters. Well, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. But it's going to manifest itself. Is this thing turned on? Okay. I don't want to do it injustice here. But let me tell you, my friends, don't be fooled. God is not mocked. If we're going to be washed into the tide and drift down the stream of nominal Christianity, churchianity, to the point that it doesn't matter what the heart, what, the, what we do, how we look, it's just because of what the heart is, my friends, that is deception. And I'm talking plain tonight. I may be thrown off of this pulpit. I don't know, but that's the, my conviction. We are saved by grace through faith. We live in faith, we'll be judged by our works, according to the Bible. And so we have here the Word of God. The Word of God is a vehicle. I would like to say tonight and use it as a vehicle. It is to reveal the thoughts and the intents of God's mind to us. And He has made it possible. You know, God is a high and a holy God. When I look at God, you know, I look at God as the rich man and Lazarus, for say. We see that rich man. I won't go to the story. We don't have time. There's so much in the Bible we're not going to cover this week. But my friend, let me tell you, I do believe when the rich man died, you know, the Bible says that he went to hell. And poor Lazarus, we don't know what happened. It doesn't say he was buried. Perhaps there wasn't even enough money to bury him. I don't know what happened to him. But it says that he was carried by the angels over into Abraham's bosom. What a beautiful, beautiful place to be and to be carried by the angels. And the rich man died and he was buried. And he opened his eyes in hell. And between, he looked over there, he seen Lazarus over there in the arms of God. There he seen him over there. The rich man would have desired to just have a little bit of a pity, just a little bit of mercy at that time. But the Bible says that he enjoyed his pleasures in the time when he was here, and poor Lazarus didn't, and now he's enjoying his time. And secondly, my friend, he is, there's a great gulf between us, and you cannot come here. There was a great gulf between God and mankind. There was no way that there was anything going to bridge that gap, my friends, tonight. No works of any kind was going to bridge that gap. It took something that appeased the wrath of God that was completely, completely holy, and that was His only begotten Son. All the blood of bulls and goats could never bridge the gap to the great gulf to get to God. 
To find appeasement with God, it took his own son, the only begotten son. Jesus Christ had only one son, and he made him a missionary, and he wound up killing him. And that cross, my friends, in my eyes of faith, I look, it's laying across the gulf, and now we have access to the Holy One. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, He has made both one, and he has broken down the middle wall of petition. When did that happen? It was there at the cross, my friends, in the afternoon. It says there about the ninth hour. It says when he cried, It is finished! And the Bible says that the veil in the temple was rent. It was open. There was no human way possible to tear that curtain without mechanical devices. And it was rent. Why? Because of the power of God. It was because the earth was shaken. The graves were open. It was because something had happened. The Son of God had died. My friends, he's died but he's alive. Christianity is the only religion in the world that our leader is not in the tomb. You believe that? Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. You know, he's out of the tomb. That gives us power, my friends. God's Son is the incarnate deity, my friends. And his divine revelation to us. The Word was made flesh. God made himself fully known to man. You know, a lot of people, I didn't finish a while ago, people ask me, how is God? How do you look at God? And as we grow up, and maybe our circumstances or church experience or whatever may be different than other people, I don't know how your experience was. But as I was growing up, I often had to think that God somehow is this person that I don't even dare to look at. And I believe there is a reverential respect. I call it the Furi Goddess. There is a fear of God. And that is what I call the fear of God, having a healthy respect and a reverence, as we see here tonight, for God. It is the fear of God. The Bible says in, a, in a Psalm 85, it says there that without, it takes the fear of God to serve Him. It says salvation is nigh to them that fear Him. Those that fear Him, salvation is nigh. I trust tonight that you know what that means, the fear of God, the fear of God. It's not one that's going to strike you down, but it is one that is completely, as we heard in the devotional tonight, desirous of all glory. He's a jealous God, and his glory will he not give to another, not to another. The Trinity is a mysterious triunity. I I look at the, you, you can't really... Determined, okay, God, the Father, and the Son. They're three or one. Somebody made it like this. They said, you know, it's kind of like an egg. Which part of the egg is egg? Is it the yolk or the white or the shell? And we would just call it egg. And that's kind of the way the Trinity is. Pardon my elementary expression on that. But it's all-inclusive. It's like the marriage, like the Bible says in Ephesians. It's a mystery. The husband and wife being together. Separate in their roles and yet as one. You explain that. It's a God thing. It's a God thing. But the three agree with each other. And I'm thankful that we have a unity in the Trinity, that we have an example of following. The power of the word is forever. The Bible says in Luke 21, verse 35, 33, that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. The word of God is going to stand forever. There's a lot of things that we call spirituality, 
and churchanity and things like that that are going to be coming to naught. But one thing that will not, and that is singing will not, and the Word of God will endure throughout all eternity. Praise God for that. Praise God. Agnostics have tried to put it away. We know that. They've tried to take it underfoot. They've tried to burn it, get rid of the Word of God. I know that uh, I have a Bible. I had a Bible that was very, very old. I've got several Bibles that look old, but they're not old. But I've got, I had this Bible that was very old. And uh, you know where I got that Bible? I had a neighbor man. My wife and I were young married. We just lived right across the garden from these old people. And uh, very, in fact, he gave me a dollar when I first sang the loop song, the Amish loop song. I don't know if you all know what the loop song is, but today I'd probably still sing the loop song. I'd probably charge you $100. But anyway, <laughs> it was there one day he was out there with a wheelbarrow, and he had a wheelbarrow loaded with books. And I told Mary, I said, I'd like to go see what he's doing. He was digging a hole out in the garden. And I went out there and looked at what he was doing. He was getting ready to bury these books. You know how it is. When we have a loved one that passes away, what are we going to do with them? The Bible gives direction. We put them back to the dust of the ground. And I think that's what he had in mind. He was an old order man. And so he had his whole buried. He was going to give these Bibles a dignified exodus out of this world. And so I said, could I look through these books? And he said, I can. And so I looked through those books, and I still have a box of, them, of old books that he had given to me that he allowed me to have, and the rest he buried there in the garden. I don't know what grew on top of them, but let me tell you, my friends, it was hard for me to see somebody bury a book. If you go to uh, Menahoff in Ohio, or if you go to uh, certain places in Ohio, I know there's places that you can take your old books and Bibles, and they will put them in the archives there, they will mark them, and they will be there in a very nice area, environmentally controlled area from here on out. And that is a blessing of one of the arms that our churches have to do that with our old books. And uh, I praise God for that. Uh, but, you know, um, the Word of God, yes, my house could burn, my Bible could burn, but just to deliberately destroy it, I cannot do that. I don't know how you feel. Maybe I'm too sentimental. But there's something about the Word of God. The Word of God, it is just different. We can read books that are very good. We can read books that have got a lot of good teaching, and I'm not against those books as long as they line up with the Word of God. But nothing will replace the Word of God, for it is sharp and it is quick. It does say that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Nobody can read the Bible and finish reading and be the same. I don't believe that if they read it with an open heart in sincerity. It is quick and it is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce, the Bible says, it will pierce our conscience. That's what is the life in it. It is the conscience-piercing power it has unto repentance and separation. Separation from what? It's separation from the world, the way that the world is, my friends. Piercing even and dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It is discerner of the thoughts and of the intent of the heart. And we try to hide all kinds of things. Jeremiah chapter 23 says in verse 24, it says, Who can hide from the presence of the Lord? There's no one. Night or day, it don't matter. He's there. He's there. And he knows what we're thinking. And that is the power of the gospel. Nothing can hide from God. Satan is overcome by the word. I know of situations where 
there have been, especially on the mission field, I know for sure that uh, the situation happened that uh, there was a, uh, a lady after one of the uh, personnel from the mission and uh, something had entered into this lady. I'm not sure what it was unless it was an evil spirit, but she was after her. And in the look of her eye, I guess she was after her for blood. And she chased that lady up and down the stairs and in and out of the doors and so forth. And the lady was almost exhausted. But the demon wasn't. He was still going strong. Why? Because he's empowered by a deity that is not divine. It was a medium. It was something that was controlling that woman. And she was after this mission lady. And finally, this mission lady threw herself on the ground. She was so tired. She just cried out in the name of Jesus. She said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And this lady fell down. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Satan knows that at the final day, he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. Right with the devil and all the, everything of the devil is going to be in the hellfire. Cast in the lake of fire where there's going to be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 7, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Forever and ever, my friends. There's power in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he's the only begotten son of God. And it's because of the work that he done for us on the cross. Resurrected by the power of God and is sitting on the right hand of God. That vests him with all authority. We do and say and use the name of Jesus Christ in a very sacred way. There are times when we hear about the name of Jesus Christ being used in a very sacrilege, swearing way. And it burdens my heart. Not my Savior. Don't talk like that about him. We heard this evening at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. It doesn't matter if people aren't bowing today. One day they will. One day they will bow at the name of Jesus. And every tongue is going to confess that he is Jesus Christ to the glory of the Father. To the glory of the Father. Another thing about the word, I won't turn to it, but in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, it talks about that he's going to send out his word, it will never return unto him void. But it will prosper for the purpose it was sent. And the word, it doesn't matter, my friends, let me tell you. I know of people, we just had, some time ago, we had, uh, we had a family from uh, the Easterns between here and home that was in our congregation, and they were sharing about their journey from where they were at. He was out dumpster diving. And when he was, uh, he had, he had uh, for food and things, and he was in the dumpster, and he comes out, and there was two ladies standing there with coverings on, dressed very modestly. They asked him if he'd like to have a track. And the way I understood, he took the track, didn't really think about it because it was Christian, and he wasn't. He threw it in the trash, but afterwards he thought he might look at it. So he did. And through that track, he was led to the Lord. And I believe that there are more examples of that, the power of the word of God that is sent out for its purpose, and it will not return unto him void. I don't care, my friends. Maybe you are timid tonight. Maybe you don't feel like you can go up and give someone a track. But when you go somewhere, I don't promote littering, but give a track. Leave a track. Where people wash hands, use a toilet, leave a track. You know what? Those people that come in there, in the public, they may never pick it up, but in private, they might. There was a Nicodemus, you know, he came to Jesus by night. 
there's a possibility that God's word will not return void. And that is the power of the word of God, the blessing of the word of God. It will not return void. And that's, that, is, uh, that is a blessing to have something like that as uh, we can rely on. And it is our life. It is what we are looking forward to. It is the very compelling thing in our life. It's the word of God. It is alive. It is spirit and life and light and alive. The word guides us and keeps us. We must stay connected, though. There was a man that bought a new car. And a lot of these new vehicles, they have a little voice that speaks to you. And this man was driving down the road, and there was this little, nice little lady's voice come on and says, buckle your seatbelt. And so uh, he drove on, and finally it said, buckle your seatbelt. And it continued on, and then he did finally to just get her to shut up. And then finally he was driving down the road, and, and uh, he was keep on going. And then it said, uh, you are low in fuel. And uh, so he just, he seen he still had fuels. He kept on going, and finally he decided, you know what? It talked to, her, to him about three or four times. Every time it talked to him, it almost seemed like she was just a little bit more harsher. Uh, isn't that the way it is sometimes? When we are reminded of something, we almost hear the, the Spirit of God becoming a little sharper and sharper. Finally, he got tired of it. He pulls over beside the road. He climbs in underneath the dash. He finds the right wire. He jerks it out. He jerks the wire out. How many of you have dash lights not working? But I'm not advocating that. But I'm telling you tonight that we need to stay connected to the Word of God if we're going to have life and be spoken to. Be spoken to. We want to be spoken to. And God is faithful to do that if we're willing to listen. And nevertheless, the story goes on further down the road. He got preoccupied in his thoughts and he ran out of gas. And so then perhaps he heard the little lady's voice under the dash laughing a bit. We don't know. But the thing of it is, we are not going to have a chance. The Bible says, as the tree falleth, that's the way it's going to lie. That's the way it's going to stay there, my friends. We will not have a second chance. We can be disconnected. We can try to get rid of the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, I believe in verse 19, it says, quench not the Spirit. You know, I don't know how many of you have experienced the thing that you've been doing something, you've been thinking about something, and there was something that was knocking on your door, and that was the voice of the Holy Spirit, my friends. Don't quench the Holy Spirit while he is near. The Bible says in, it's in, in, in Isaiah chapter 55, in verse 5 and 6, it says that seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. You know, there's a lot of people that hedge on the odds of the fact that, you know, I still have time. I still have time. I still remember the young boy that had bought a car outside his mom and daddy's wishes. And he took that car and then one day... You know, his mom and dad was always after him to, to, to join the church, to join the church. My friends, this was a situation, I believe, that they wanted him just to settle down and not even think about settling up. There's many young people I know of that have done just that. They've settled down but never settled up. And I trust tonight that you have made things right between you and God. But this young man said he wants to drive his car one more time. He wants to go around the section. When he gets back, he's going to sell his car and he's going to join the church and become a church member, my friends. And you know what? He never made it home. He wrapped the car around a telephone pole, and he never made it. That was one example, my friends. You know, we cannot hedge on the odds of knowing or expecting the fact that God is going to be merciful to us when we knowingly live in disobedience, my friends. He, he knows our heart, and we don't know when our time is, when our life is going to be snuffed out. 
It could be sooner than later. The brother said tonight something about we could all be out of here tonight before the service is done. We don't know. It's in the hands of God. Squandered opportunities. Squandered opportunities. We have the word of God and it's so precious to us. We can fill our minds with a lot of other things, but nothing will feed us like the word of God. In Psalm 119, in verse 11, it says, The word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. The word, in 105, is as a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In James chapter 1, verse 22, Be ye doers of the word and not just hearers only. I could read Luke chapter 8, we don't have time tonight, and that of the sower, but the seed was the word of God. There were some that rejoiced in it, others let it fall by the wayside. Some sprang up for a time, but it had no foundation. Perhaps there was no discipleship, teaching, follow-up service, I don't know. But that person lost out. But the one that brought fruit was the one that was tilled and prepared for the word of God to fall into, that perfect seed to fall into. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Comparing scripture with scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. I believe that is a good thing, comparing scripture with scripture. I had a friend of mine that uh, always wanted to sit down and debate scripture. Debate scripture. Well, I'm not one that feels like you should debate scripture. I'm one that we can rightly divide, we can compare scripture to scripture, but never try to, with a preconceived idea, make it say what we'd like to say. The Bible does talk about debaters, doesn't it? I do believe it does. We are not those of debaters of the scriptures and try to pick out the choice little things in the scripture. We want to take the word of God as a whole. As a whole. Tonight we had testimony, and I appreciate testimony time. I, I, I believe that is a good thing. Uh, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it talks there about how the overcomers, how what their experience was. They overcome, it says, the devil by what? The blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And there was one more thing. They love their lives not unto death. They love not their lives unto death. They were willing to give their lives. A person that... Desires to keep his life in this world will lose it in the end. But whosoever is willing to give up his life for the sake of Christ will gain it in the end. Jesus being tempted after his fast for 40 days told the devil, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. And the word sanctifies, the word cleanses. John chapter 17, 17, I'll, I'll go through here. I know time is here to close before too long. But in the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, verse 17, it says, Sanctify them through what? Thy word. For thy word is truth. Amen. It, we know that. And you know, the thing of it is, we know that God is going to lead us by truth and guide us in a way that we understand what truth is because of the element of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, it says there that when Jesus Christ was going to go, he was telling the disciples that as he was going to get out of this world, there's another one coming, that his work is great. 
And it says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but I will be with you and in you. And that is exactly the way the Holy Spirit does. My friends, Jesus could only be at one place at one time on the earth. And I believe there's one thing that the Holy Spirit is greater in than Jesus was in that, and that he is present. He has free course all through the earth, all over the place, my friends. He can minister to the person. You know, when I think about prayers, I often think of triangles. I can pray for a person in India and China and Canada and one in Virginia or Missouri. And the thing of it is, God's Holy Spirit is going to minister to them as well as he's provoking me to pray. That is the power. Us Christians, we have arsenal at our fingertips like you wouldn't believe. It has the atomic bomb and all the arsenal that the world has, has no match or nothing to compare to the power of the Christian, and that is through prayer. We're faster than any supersonic jet. You know that? The power of prayer. I would like to make that, that you are convinced in that, and you can get, commit yourselves to prayer. Prayer is our vital breath to life. The life comes from the Word. My friends, the Word of God is truth, and He will sanctify it. Sanctify what is sanctified? It's to make holy. It is that thing which separates for divine service and so forth. The Bible also says in Peter, I believe it is, sanctify the Lord in your heart. How are we supposed to sanctify the Lord? He's high and holy. I believe it's through our prayer, our ardent prayers and praises and songs and so forth. Talk about songs. Oh, I love songs. You know, when I think of revival meetings, I think of preaching. But there's one thing that I like as good or better in, in revival meetings, and that is singing. I have been drawn, I don't know how you feel, but hymns, solid good hymns, sung in a tremendous reverential way with the harmony that we have as a gift from God in our congregations. My friends, it is something that works in my life and I trust it does in yours. I have seen people break at times when hymns were sung in a spirit of reverence and the people broke a lot more perhaps than even one preaching the word. John chapter 6, verse 63. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. That was Jesus. He is alive. And the words that he speaks are spirit and they're life. So I indulge, I pray that you would be indulged in the word of God. Devour it. Read it. Is it precious to you? Is it precious to me? If you want to grow spiritually... Read the Word. Surround yourself with spiritual-minded people. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, we often heard the word spiritual. That brother is spiritual-minded. Anymore, we don't hear that so much. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Is it some kind of a, a supernatural person? No. It doesn't hurt to say that that brother or sister is spiritual-minded. We're not lifting them up. We don't hear that as much as we did back in the time when there was great revival in our nation and in our churches. People were, became spiritual minded. Why? They left carnality. They weren't stay, trying to stay just a few steps behind the world. They made a turn, complete turn, to follow Christ. The Word of God is not to be altered. It's only normal for a child to eat and for you as an adult to eat. There's not a one of us that would say that we don't have time to eat. Very seldom. Now sometimes if we border on the fact that we're workaholics, maybe, maybe we don't have time to eat. But very seldom we would say we don't have time to eat. But how many of us, including myself, would confess to the fact that I had to leave 
this morning, or I was tired tonight, I was left too early this morning to have devotions, or I'm too tired tonight to read the Word of God. And yet that is the source of our nutritious nutrition and our source of our vitamins, spiritual vitamins. We need that, or we will die. We will die. You know, when I think about the Bible, how many of us, compared to a lot of other religions, I'm not lifting other religions up, but I know there is a religion that does not believe in Jesus Christ and is, per- is permeating our country in a tremendous, fast way. And those people, by the time they are done with their academic training at 12, 13, 14 years old, they have the whole book in their heart, and they know that book. And for us as Christians, I look at myself, and I look at myself in the mirror, and I said, you are anemic. I am anemic. And I'm living on the poverty wage of spirituality I've created for myself. When it's all here, the banquet table, it's all here, and we become anemic. And we can't even memorize one chapter. And I'm not telling you tonight that you have to be memorizing the whole book of the Bible to be a Christian or even a chapter. But what I'm saying is, where is our heart? We can memorize all kinds of things. Movie stars and those that build the shows, produce the shows, memorize thousands of sentences for fame and wealth. And we as Christians are living for a lot more than what they are. And we can't even memorize a chapter. And then what makes it worse yet? We have times when we need ordinations. And there's times, brethren, I'm not saying that about these brethren here. God bless you, spiritual brethren here back here. But there are times I've seen where brethren were ordained. A very, very anemic in the gospel. As far as handling the word of God, anemic. And you know what it produces? It produces Christianettes. Why? Because they preach sermonettes by preacherettes. My friends, it's time, I believe, that we need to get intentional about serving the Lord. And I say that for myself. It is, it is something that I've, studying the Word of God, there's nothing better. We are to study to show ourselves approved. The Apostle Paul told the young Timothy that. We ordain young men like that, and we expect them to grow. And a lot of times they do if they give their hearts to it. But many times it's a struggle and they continue on through life. My friends, I'm just sharing with you tonight that let's make sharing the gospel, reading the gospel, knowing the gospel, let's make that priority in our lives. Will it save us knowing the gospel? It will save us knowing who wrote the gospel in our hearts. Will we always be able to master all the situations in the Bible and know everything about it? No. No. But it will master us. Praise the Lord. It will master us. The Word of God will do that for us. Tonight, I don't know how you've been. Would you like to make a commitment tonight of reading the Word of God? And to... There's so many times when we read the Word of God, we can read it, but not listen. This Word speaks. 
Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing what God speaks tonight. I want to just encourage you as a congregation, as an assembly here tonight, as you go back to your homes and your individual congregations, that you would put forth an intentional effort to make the Word of God the absolute most inerrant book that there ever was. Don't necessarily pick up a pad and read it. Pick up the Bible and read the Bible. I'm not saying it's wrong to read the pad or the phone, but I appreciate not seeing those items here, electronic items. You know, I've been to a Baptist service. I've been to a Methodist service. Oh, I preached in those uh, services. Uh, I believe wedding. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was funerals. I preached at funeral services probably 10, 12 in the last seven, eight years. And almost all of those I go to, the preacher gets up, and I almost shake in my shoes as a Mennonite pastor. He gets up and he says, I'd like to have all electronic devices turned off. Wow. How many of you Mennonite pastors have had the gall to do that? That's too hard. But I've been challenged in that. Tonight, I appreciate what I see. I am thankful. God bless you for coming out tonight and to being faithful. And let's listen to the Word of God. As we read, we will read, but it will also speak to us. Let us bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, tonight we come before you in the name of Jesus. I pray tonight that you would just keep your hand over us as we continue through this night. You have been merciful to us and given us a good day. You brought many back that were traveling. We thank you for traveling mercies. We pray that you would just further guide us, keep us safe as we go on the highways. We're grateful for your angels that encamp around about us. Lord, they are authorized angelical activity around us. We have something that is far greater than the world has to offer. We have those around us that we cannot see, but you have sent them. Father, for our protection, our guidance. And Lord, we are grateful for that tonight. We don't underscore, minimize that. We are grateful, Father, that we have a city that has foundations. We don't need to stay here, but you have made it possible we can stay here in this wicked world because of your presence, because of the word. We look forward to being with you in glory someday. Father, I pray for this assembly. Would you bless each one from the oldest to the youngest? Tonight, I'd like to just uh, continue to pray in the name of Jesus and that the powers of darkness could be bound, that if there is one tonight searching and wanting to know who you really are, God, that he can find that in the scripture and through the help of a brother or sister praying for them. We bring this meeting to a close in the name of Jesus. We pray with our eyes closed. We'll continue to keep our eyes closed. If there is someone tonight here that would like to confess the fact that they've tried to be a Christian and don't read the word of God, my friends, and you want to rededicate your life tonight, we pray that you would do that and have the opportunity to do that tonight. To manifest that sometimes, in a public way, is something of strengthening, driving a stake that you can reflect back on tonight, on July the 30th of 2018, I've made that commitment. 
And I'm going to be intentional about it. Let's have a song. Let's have a chorus of song. Is there someone tonight that would like to make a rededication? Your eyes closed and heads bowed. We'll sing. I can hear my Savior calling. Very good. Wonderful words of Jesus. Let's sing. Do, so, do. I can hear my Savior calling. Tonight you can stand right where you're at. You can raise your hand. Stand right where you're at. You need prayer, come forward. Is there someone, there's a brother in the back, rededicating his life for the service of the Lord? There's a sister in the front. God bless you, sister. May it become real to you. If you'd like to have prayer, remain standing. Whoever there is, there's a sister to the right. There's a brother to the right. Sister, the Holy Spirit visit you tonight. God is near and he's faithful tonight. But sister, God bless you for that. God sees your heart tonight. We have a sister and a brother here are going to be intentional about the Word of God for His power and His life. God bless you, brother. Amen. Tonight, what does the Word mean to you? Jesus is holding His hands out, coming to me. He wants to have a sit at His banquet table. It's so free. And it's freeing. And glory. He will give me grace and glory. Yes. He will give me grace and glory. Brother, you can come forward if you'd like. We'll have somebody pray for you. With me all the way. Would you want to go pray for the brother here with him? Thank you. You've been a very faithful crowd. God bless you for your honesty. I do believe that God was speaking to you and you had the opportunity to respond. And for myself, first of all, I want to tell you that I love the Word of God, but I'll tell you one thing. I can improve in the Word of God, and I want to, I'm going to, by the grace of God, and make somebody, uh, have somebody that you're accountable to. Uh, you, you know, we can, we can stand and raise our hands in meetings like this, and it can be kind of superficial. But let me tell you, if you're intentional about that tonight, you truly want that, find yourself a, a brother or sister that's going to not be easy on you, but and not hard, but stretch you, and that you're accountable to. I think that is tremendously powerful. And the more we see the day approaching, I believe the more we want that. People are afraid of accountability these days. Why? We're too impendent. And that comes probably from being too proud. We need accountability. Let's stand for prayer as we close. We'll pray and then we'll get to the Lord's Prayer. I'd like to say it in unison together. Heavenly Father, tonight we come before you at the close of this service. We thank you for your lovely presence here this evening. It was one that was scary for some perhaps. And it was pleasant for others. Father, we know that your word has that power. It can break the hardest hearts. Oh, Father, we are grateful for the power of the word tonight. We're grateful that it pierces our hearts. It convicts us. We would go astray, wander away 
without your guiding presence, Lord, and convicting power. Tonight, I pray that you would dismiss in your care and your keeping this assembly. We do pray in the worthy name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.